So what I would do is I would just create a blanket fort surrounding my TV and I would just sit in my little fort just waiting at like, I think, one o'clock in the morning waiting for Inuyasha to come on. <laughs> 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 Hey everybody, welcome back to the Anime Summit Podcast. It's your favorite host on the most, I'm the bomb! And with me every week is Danny Hoot Nanny. Woo woo! Kagome! Inuyasha! Inuyasha! <laughs> That's good, That's good. Oh man. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> today, uh, today Nick is not with us because he had to catch up on some things and he was busy. The IRS got him. The IRS got him. <laughs> it's tax week. It's tax day. It's actually today. Mm. Today's tax day, isn't it? Or is that yesterday? Yeah, Tuesday, I believe. Oh, I don't okay. know. I did my I did my taxes like in January. So I did mine like yeah, like a couple weeks ago, and I got him real quick. But anyway. Um, just paid bills with it. Anyway, life sucks. So, <laughs> but yeah, no. That basically we have to send Honey Bear with a check to go bail him out at some point. But right. we'll just leave him in there for a little bit. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Let him cool off. Let him cool. Off. Let him sit on a bucket. You know. Dude, no one will. No one will mess with him in jail. It's fine. It's just jail. It's not like prison. Prison, <laughs> right? It's just a hole in the cell. So. The yeah. worst that could be in there is somebody who's like, you know, drunk and passed out. So, you know, hopefully Nick won't have to fight nobody. That being said, <laughs> we'll send Honey Bear with a check later. Um, Danny, you got that covered, right? Okay, great. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, today we um, wanted to do our first creator spotlight um, we've been talking about doing director spotlights, creator spotlights for a while now, and, you know, we could sort it by, like, um, you know, mangaka spotlight, director spotlight, animator spotlight, and I think, you know, in, in, in future versions we'll do that maybe, but for now, this is mostly about the mangaka Rumiko Takahashi, probably one of me and Danny's favorite uh, mangakas and creators, the wealthiest mangaka probably in the entire world. World probably, probably <laughs> like she's. I mean, her career is just her resume is just. It's a lot. It's big, you know. It's it's big <laughs> enough, you know what I mean. So, um, plus we just love it, and so I want to say this too. Um, I kind of messed up and thought that one topic was this week, <laughs> and not <laughs> next week. So I didn't get to catch up on like Irisei Atsura um, and things like that. But, um, you know, in preparation for this, I tried to uh, read. I started reading Ranma and a half because I, I always wanted to like, you know, I wanted to rewatch that because I watched a lot of it as a kid. Not all of it, obviously, um, but I watched, you know, quite a bit of it as a kid. And then I never finished it. Right. So yeah, I was papa, like, you... yeah, papa, he's yeah, and I was like, you know what? I, I want to will be so good. It's It's cute. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I really want to. Um, I can read this. You know, I'll just read the manga. You know, um, but anyways, 
I mean, you know how much me and Danny just love. First of all, how much that's probably one of the first things that Danny and I bonded over was Inuyasha. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, that's like it. It's it's the perfect like fantasy romance that it's like a it's like a good combo of fantasy and romance. And comedy, there, it's, and it's the whole package. Like, there's like there's paranormal fantasy, action. There's there's romance. There's some action scenes. Mystical action, fantasy action, yeah. paranormal action. You know, ghosts and spirits and gods and demons. Yeah. And it, you know, I I just I just love it, dude. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, so we thought this would be perfect. You know, let's just let's start with this creator because. Me and Danny know quite a bit about it, and Nick knew quite a bit, albeit he's not here for today because of whatever. But you know, uh, you know, she's pretty, she's pretty known. You know, even if you haven't consumed any of her stuff, um, she's just. Ugh. I mean, we could talk about it. Like, yeah, let's little, just get let's just get through like our our intro. And yeah, let's we'll let's, let's, let's do her. the let's do the D let's do the D yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> First of all, let me tell you about this right quick. And then go to links.animesummit.net. That's where you can find um, all of the links to follow, subscribe, send Honey Bear some money, that all, that all that kind of good stuff. Patreon.com slash AnimeSummit. Become a patron today. Uh, give Honey Bear more freckles on her nose because she doesn't have enough. <laughs> and she's a fat cat. She's fat. She's a little fatty. Um, shout out to new patron, Ty. Whoop whoop! Ooh, ooh. Bow, 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 bow. Shout out, Ty! Thank you for becoming a patron. I really appreciate it. Um, and then, uh, Danny's got a few things, and then I got a few things, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, what do you got? Ooh. First of all, shout out to me for doing my very first radio hour last week. I hope you guys enjoyed my picks and everything like that. It was a lot of fun doing that. Um. And King and I are starting a new cinematography uh, extra series called The Brat Pack. And um, we picked about maybe like 10 or 11 movies from the 80s that consist of the Brat Pack cast. And we just... We just recorded our first episode and that will either be out, um, you know what, it'll be out next week. I was planning on doing it um, this week, but I got busy and I haven't had the chance to edit the episode together. So it'll come out next week. For sure. <laughs> so um, yeah, I... I had a lot of fun with this with King and I think this series is going to be a lot of fun. So, and Sam, we need, we need you on very soon for that too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm not so. watching all of them. I'm only doing, I'm only yeah. watching a couple. Yeah. But also yeah. I just want to say that we should have King on more cinematography episodes in general because he's literally going to watch movies like every yeah. week. <laughs> but that being said too, I think um, we'll probably people, you know, have said like, Oh, are you guys going to do, Mario, yeah, we will. I just have me and Nick, or no, I have not gone had a chance to go and watch it yet. So, um, I will go and watch that very soon, and then me, Nick, and Danny will do a cinematography episode as well on Mario. Yeah. So, actually, I don't know if that's gonna be a main episode thing or an EX episode thing, but it, it it could very well be a main show thing. But we'll we'll see. 
But that being said, um, yeah, that radio hour was cool, man. Thanks. Yeah, it was a good I radio had a hour. lot of fun, and I and I really, really thought really hard about the songs that I wanted to pick. So, I think I picked some good ones. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely yeah. some good ones. Also. Uh, Danny, by the time you are listening to this, it's Friday, right? Yeah, so by the time you listen to this, Danny should have uh, put out a tweet, or maybe in a couple hours she will. I don't know if right away in the morning, but like Danny will have put out a tweet or an announcement in the Discord and or an announcement on the Discord of a Google Doc you can access to do for another Shark Tank episode because we're doing another Shark Tank app, mm-hmm. um, and this time we are pitching isekais. So go in that Google Doc, put in your name, and please put it and you know don't put a troll name like fart fart 69 5000. Yeah, if you're on Discord, put your Discord name. Um If you're on Twitter, put your Twitter handle if you Twitter, want. Twitter or if you want to be, you know, if you're okay with putting your real name, you don't have to put your last name, just put your first name and stuff. Yeah. Um so but yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely like whichever tag handle you have on uh, again like Discord is if you if you're on Discord if you're on our server Discord um or on Twitter and stuff like that. So just so we know who you are and everything. Also too, I mean if you want to just put anonymous, you can. That's fine mm-hmm. too. And we won't say your mm-hmm. name. But like um pitch us an isekai anime show or a show an isekai for a manga or an anime. And then we'll do the Shark Tank thing. You know, you've listened to our Shark Tank episodes before. We've done a horror one, we've done a regular one, you know. And we wanted to do another one with just isekais because it's really fun. So, and um, so yeah, do that, and we'll do them on the show. And then me, we have another show swap coming up. You know what that means. So if you want to watch those shows with us, that episode's coming out a month from now or so. I think June second. Okay, is so beginning the episode of, release. So not end of May, but beginning. Oh, so we're recording at end of May, but it's coming out beginning of June. Okay, yeah. Yes. So yes. you have until the beginning of June to watch Nana. From uh, 2006, and then Sakura Tyson from 2000. Nana Sakura Wars. Sakura Wars. Yeah, yeah. Do Sakura say it? Type in Sakura Wars, um, because that'll be probably how it is, like on wherever you watch it. Um, On Mal, it's listed as Sakura Tyson and Sakura Wars TV. Um, You don't have to watch the OVA that came before it. Um, You can just watch this. Um, but it's 25 episodes, Sakura Wars is, and then Nana is 47 episodes, okay? And you can watch that on Netflix and Crunchyroll, and then Sakura Wars is on High Dive. So make sure you peep game, okay? And then, ooh, ooh. so if you want to watch those two uh, I'm with excited. Us, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. <laughs> I'm really excited, too, and I'm going to try and rewatch both of them if I can, but I'm going to start Nana this week. So... Because I haven't seen Sakura Tyson in a long time. Mm, so mm-hmm. um, it's one of the few anime based on the game that I enjoy. And I just happen to like the, not not only just the mecha aspect of it, but the, the review girls and review theater aspect yeah. of it as well. But anyway, we'll talk about that more when the time comes, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Question of the week, Danny, since Nick is not here. I know. The knock's not here. He's not um, here to knock it around, yeah. So our question is from Hunter Hunter Tain, and they ask, are there two characters from different anime that you'd ship together? 
Hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> that is tough. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, That's a good one. <laughs> shit. I... <laughs> Dude, I would actually... Hmm. That's really tough, actually. Yeah. Just because we're talking about like, you know, mangaka that have been around for a while, I I honestly think that that like Bulma from Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball would absolutely fall in love with Sashomaru and like put him in his place. Oh my god, (laughs) he's so fucking (laughs) funny, dude. And he'd listen because oh, he's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, wow, I actually am turned on by this dominant figure. <laughs> um, That or like, I don't know, or freaking, um, I kind of feel like, I mean, like, I don't know. God, that'd be so funny, dude. Um, I'd put, okay, I'd put, uh, Ayame from Fruits Basket and ship him with Howl from Howl's Moving Castle. Oh, God. <laughs> that is just, you got me. The mo- the, I, I like that. That's just honestly just pure chaos. Like, both of them are pretty, like, flamboyant boys. And, um, but also Howl is pretty melodramatic. So I don't I don't know how Hal would handle Ayame. Um, but I can totally see like Ayame um dressing, like making clothes for Hal to wear. Yeah. So I love that. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. My mind immediately went to the horny, but like yeah, I, the I, horny. I, yeah. That's actually really funny. <laughs> oh man. All right. Good question. Good question. Good question. Good question. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. All right, Danny, what do you got for a waifu and his bando? Okay. Waifu is Sango from Inuyasha. Of course. Uh, I just had to. Like, Sango yeah, is, you, like, the obvious choice. What are you supposed to do? You know what I mean? So, right? Yeah, right? You... I mean, like, you know, I could have put Kikio, but, you know, fuck Kikio and stuff. Boo. <laughs> Um, Kagome is a hard second, but I think Sango's best girl. So yeah, Sango um, is. God, she's so badass. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's so yeah. fucking cool, dude. <laughs> um, um, and Hasbando is Ranma Saotome from Ranma Half. Yeah. So. And actually, Ranma could also be waifu too because. He turns into a girl in cold water. So nice. He could be waifu as well, but you know. Yep. The those are our waifu and husbando for this week. Speaking of um, Inuyasha, and me and Danny have not caught up with Yashihime <laughs> so we won't be never ending like I swear yeah. we're gonna do this review just never does <laughs> and we have and we have like 
spring first impressions coming up too, by the way. So it's like, oh! <laughs> um, but yeah, at, at some point, I do want to like just, I'm just going to like, I I'm, I might just like ask for a day off from work and just be like, I'm going to, I'm going to bonge. I'm going to bonge this right now. Bonge. I'm going to bonjo. I'm going to banjo this right now. <laughs> banjo kazooie. I'm going to banjo kazooie this right now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm gonna, you know, Haterade, if it, I know there are people who are on Haterade, but, uh, Toa Higurashi is like, I love her character design. She's so cute and badass. Um. Is that the, the girl with the ponytail? The white hair. Is that, oh, 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 okay. And then she got adopted by Kagome's brother. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I forgot literally all the names moroha is the the little you know yasha chick fiery yell at everybody yeah 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 and then there's setsuna yeah, yeah. who's uh sango and moroku's daughter which is she's fucking badass too but anyway let's get started hmm yeah um rumiko takahashi was born in niigata japan um she didn't have too much interest in her childhood um, in manga until, like, later when she learned to read. She could, like, then she started, you know, writing, reading more of it, you know? And um, in an interview in 2000, Takashi said that she always had wanted to become a professional comic author since she was a child. And I think also, like, her dad was, a, like, an artist, and she uh, he often drew her. Well, her um, dad was... So her dad was a... Um, uh small-time physician yeah no, yeah not and, by profession but yeah like yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and what he would do is um he would draw kappas for his like uh child patients and yeah and rumiko said that like it, it they were they were super simple like they weren't like super detailed um she even said that it was kind of it was like an illustration that was practically just one big stroke like it was just one like he would not he would just like touch the paper and just like never lift the pen up or pencil yeah it was like one of those easy one doodle one yeah, yeah 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 so and uh she ended up going to like, I think later when it became she became for real for real. She ended up going to school for it, or she went to university. She went to Tokyo University. Um, I don't know what she was going for, but in college, I mean, she pretty much, uh, constantly like throughout. Throughout elementary school, she was constantly reading um, and, like, you know, just doing doodles and stuff like that. She was reading so much manga. um, And she got, like, a lot of inspiration from, you know, legends and stuff. Um, Yeah. And she even read uh, Garu, I believe, which was, like, not something that a child should have been reading. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um. So, but once she was, like, in high school and everything, she, you know, joined manga clubs, like, was just hanging around people who kind of, like, enjoyed manga, too. But she didn't really, it was just so hard for her to try and become, like, professionally a uh, mangaka. And she would 
apply or like she would like submit her works to like the new artist awards but never like won any of them or anything like that um and then that's when like during i think it was her first year in college when she really got noticed and started to publish um manga and stuff and that's kind of where like your uh say yatsura came into play and stuff like that so yeah there um, was a point too where she yeah enrolled in like uh a school for manga a manga school and it was founded by kazuo koike who is a manga writer for crying freeman mm-hmm. yeah and then um under his guidance yeah she published her first doujins Bye Bye Road and Star of Feudal Dust, um, which I think are in the the short story things. Um, But yeah, then like she began her first serious story, like you just said, in Weekly Shonen Sunday, which is Yurisai Atsura, Um, which you know me and Danny fucking love. We love Yurisai Atsura. We love the remake too, by the way. And um, before we did first impressions on that season, by the way, when it started, Yurisai Atsura, so last season, a couple seasons ago, I had read the first like five or ten, five, six, seven, maybe five, maybe like seven chapters of Ursatsura. And um seeing her art the way she did it back then versus how she does it now, like in Mao, which is her current manga, is so so cool. It's so cool to see. She definitely flip flops between like so she did Yurisei Yatsura in um in the 80s or um sorry yeah 18 uh, 19 um she started the it's she debuted in 1978 with yurisei and then once she was done with yurisei yatsura she went to uh she started uh mason ikoku which was a a pretty uh seinen manga um well she did she started doing mason during Yurisai Atsura. Yeah, it was a little bit but, like... But Mycin Yukoku went to, to Big the, Comic Spirits. Yeah, because someone um, from Weekly Weekly Sunday, uh, one of the editors, I read this in like an interview thing that she did, one of the editors um, that she was working with was leaving Weekly Sunday and said and, and said to her, hey, like, I'm doing this for Sanin. Um, Do you want to like do a story and she like quickly jotted down a story showed it to them and they're all like yes let's do this and yeah. that's kind of that's kind of how and then after that she did mermaid saga which was i think a little bit another a serious um story and then she did rama half which was like another co- comedy kind of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so she kind of like has these spurs where she wants to do comedy and slice of life stuff. And then she's, you know, she wants to do like these serious things. Um, mm-hmm. And then she goes back to her comedies and then she goes back to her serious stuff. Um, because after Rama Half, she did Inuyasha, which was like a little bit more serious. I mean, it had like very, I don't know if it had like, I think honestly the only comedy that was in there was like Miroku and whenever uh kagome said sit boy inuyasha was very (laughs) inuyasha was very shoujo shonen it was very like the whole package 
which yeah. I think is her her niche, honestly. I think that like where she can write just a wild story because it's she's very story driven. Yes, it's very much just like it, like it's almost like the genre. She didn't care about the genre as much as as you know. At least nowadays, like she didn't care as much as as much as, much as about the genre as she did before previously, right? Because mm-hmm. like when you're first starting out as a manga, I imagine it's like, okay, well, what kind of what kind of story do I want to do? Right. Whereas when yeah. when you know Yasha came around, she was just like, you know what, I just want to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, and then when she was done with Inuyasha, she did uh, Rene, which again is more of a comedy type of um, story. And now she's currently working on Mao, which is again another like serious um, drama-driven mm-hmm. story. I haven't read that one yet. I'm I really want to because it looks really good this one's like another isekai back to the past like even yasha was yeah 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 it's like this girl who and she meets mao and mao is this uh deadly long sword wielder yeah (laughs) yeah but he's kind of hot he's got this scar on his face anyway yeah Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, there's, this is the thing too, is like, there's something to be said about, um, she's got these two things called Rumic Theater and Rumic World, where it's like a bunch of her stories and stuff. Um. Yeah, she did do like a couple short stories. Um, yeah. Which are also in Shogakukin's magazines, but they weren't in Weekly Shonen Sunday or, or Big Comic Spirits, but like, Weekly Shonen Sunday she also did one in Weekly Young Sunday, One Pound Gospel, which I'd never heard of until recently. But um, there's something to be said about a manga guy that just stays with the magazine. Like, yeah, you know, that's pretty yeah. cool. Um, I think most mangas do that, but I mean, to do it as long as she did it is pretty cool. Yeah. You know, she's she's still, you know, I think even Akira Toriyama, you know, still does for Shonen Jump and what what have you. But Again, like she's been working she's for been 50 doing some this years. For like 40 years. Published <laughs> for 40 and doing it for 50, I think is what yeah, one of the videos like, said that we watched. Yeah. 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 Um, so. Which is amazing, you know. Um, But I think like th- that too, speaking of which, like Irisa Yatsura is like, it's it's got to be one of the first kind of things, like the romantic comedy that really like walked so a bunch of rom-coms in the future could run kind of thing you know what mm-hmm. i mean which is funny because like the big anime trope in romance anime now or rom-coms now is like oh my god just kiss each other you know what i mean yeah whereas in this one it's like it's completely different like that's all she it's wanted to do was kiss him. Like, <laughs> yeah it's like silly and like oh, there's like these yeah. there's like you know the main character, Ataru, he's like a ladies' man. Um, <laughs> someone asked Rumiko, uh, what type of uh, woman does Ataru like? And she goes, any type of woman. Yeah. That's that's me. That's, I like my women like I like my women. Women. <laughs> so I, I chuckled at that a little bit. So. Yeah. 
The only um, reason why he avoids Lum is because she cling, she's clingy, and he's like, "God damn yeah. it, like, yeah, darling." Yeah, <laughs> so cute. Um, the thing that I I really admire about Rumiko though is that it seems to me that she, throughout her career, she never she always found a balance to doing her manga and doing you know her own life and stuff a lot of interviews that I have read you know especially when she was working on Yurusei Atsura and um, Moisen Ikaku was the editors like the 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 magazines that she was releasing all her chapters for they never really like bugged her about like hey you should stop doing school and focus on your manga like they're all like do a chapter whenever you can you know it's it's fine it's cool and stuff so she never I feel like she never felt stressed out to like I have to get this done because I mean we all know how how much uh stress a lot of mangaka artists have so the fact that she kind of found a ba- a balance for all these years is is pretty inspire inspiring at least in my opinion. So um Sam, I don't know if you read that article about like her schedule. Oh yeah. And stuff. I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like holy shit. There's a a video I watched there's this YouTube channel that's like, oh, I forget the name of it, but it's like Life in Japan or What My Life is Like or whatever it's called. I forget. Mm-hmm. But the the person who, oh, Paolo from Japan, I think is what it's called. It follows this guy named Paolo, and he he just like interviews and follows like a Japanese person around all day. And so like one of the people he followed one day was like a up and coming manga artist, and one of the like they were going through like his schedule and his day kind of and it was kind of not the same workflow as like other follow this manga videos i've seen you know yeah. so like for everyone it's different for rumiko takahashi hers is like pretty straight line this is what we're doing this is how we got to this yeah. is how i got to spend my week and um but she'll spend one day um, having an initial editorial meeting. One of those meetings takes three to four hours. She can produce about six pages of storyboard in a day, and she starts at 11 p.m. and then finishes work for the day around 6 o'clock the next morning. Later that day, still awake, she has another meeting <laughs> with her editor and the storyboard pro- progress so far, and that repeats for three days until it's done, and then she spends two and a half days doing the art. Right. So, like... That's a week, you know, with only half half of a day left to that's not scheduled. Yeah. So she has to, you know, prorate that half of a day throughout. She also the other balances in like uh, housework and stuff, which is like okay, <laughs> you know, and all the time, and, and all, and you know, half the times when you're meeting with your editor, it's at a restaurant or something. You know, it's not yeah. like. Yeah. At you know sometimes because a lot of mangaka they don't want to be like you don't I don't want I don't want people over here 
You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. what I mean? like get the fuck out. <laughs> don't come to my house, dude. Um, but you know, a lot of mangaka are like that. You know, they're they don't want to. They're kind of they want to stay home and draw. They don't want to. Yeah. You know, they don't want to be out and about farting and pooping and shit. You know, but like, um, which I kind of get. I am becoming that person. She does right take now. breaks, though. I will say that, like, she'll take breaks in between. I think, um, where is it? She, I could have sworn she said that she would take like a nap in between, um, her drawing or whatever, like her storyboarding and stuff like that. Well, yeah, I, I mean, whoosh. Yeah. You got to sleep, you know? Like, <laughs> but yeah, like, um, and it's, I, and I'm not reading anything out of Weekly Shonen Sunday, I don't think, except for, um, oh no, maybe I am. I don't remember. I'd have to look. But like, um, you know, I freaking, the weekly manga, I've always thought that weekly manga is just wild to me. You know, I, I don't, a lot of the manga that I'm reading currently, you know, half the time a new chapter won't come out weekly because like the manga has to take a break for whichever reason. And, um, which makes sense, you know, I understand. Yeah. Um, but especially, especially ones where they're nearing the end, um, so like uh my hero and one piece one mm-hmm. piece for for okay for one thing one piece has been going for over a thousand chapters okay so mm-hmm. oda is like i don't even i'm not even going to compare but like rumiko takahashi has been working on multiple manga some of them over, some of them overlapping um for 40 some years right so <laughs> And I just was like, I'm just like, I don't understand. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't understand how you're doing this. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I do, I do realize that she probably does take breaks in between um, one story to another. And, and maybe she's not putting it out every chap every week, but the life of a manga is just wild. And Rumiko Takahashi's schedule, when we were, when me and Danny were looking into it, when Danny shared the article with me and some other things with me, I'm just like, how? Like, yeah. <laughs> You hear about a lot of manga and have they have problems and health problems and it just seems like Rumiko Takahashi's not slowing down at all. She's all like, "Bitch, I yeah. got this." Like, yeah. <laughs> um, let's really quick. I want to read a few things. Um, artists that have cited her, her Takahashi as inspiration have been uh, Canadian comic book uh, creator and manga Brian Lee O'Malley. Who does Scott Pilgrim? Um, nice. Colleen Coover and her erotic series Small Favors. Uh, Chihiro Tamaki and her manga Walkin' Butterfly. Chinese Australian creator Queenie Chan, and uh, uh, Wasut Ponamit, who is uh, uh, a creator in uh, his manga in Thailand. Um. A Scottish rock band Urusayatsura named themselves after the band, the, the show Urusayatsura. <laughs> That's funny. Um, creator of the Shantae video games, cited Ron Mahaff as a big influence on his work, Matt Bozen. Um, in 2015, Pulley, an Indian film partially inspired by Uniyasha, was released uh, hmm. with uh, Vijay playing dual roles, dual roles as a half tiger demon and his powerful, a powerful tiger demon, similar to. Inuyasha. 
which pretty cool. Yeah. Um, let's and that's talk about, the thing. Sorry, go oh, ahead. Gosh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean that that's that's kind of like. Um, I watched a video. I forget which one it was, but they said that um, you know, Rumiko is such a, a a legend. Like, and you know, she got nominated for dozens of awards and stuff like that. And back in uh, twenty eighteen, she got inducted into the Eisner Hall of Fame. That's what I was going to talk about next like, is let's talk about some of her honors. Yeah, and she got nominated for three times prior to 2018. So, like, the fact that, you know, not that long ago, like six years ago, right? Six or five, I can't mm-hmm. remember. Um, You know, she just recently got, um, you know, into the Eisner Hall of Fame. Like, that's... That's insane for for all the 50 years that she has been working her ass off and now she finally gets like recognition. Mm-hmm. So like that's that's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. That's insane. So. Um it is insane. Um I'm going to go down the list here. Uh she was the recipient of the Inkpot Award in 1994 at San Diego Comic-Con. Mhm. Mhm. Comics Alliance in 2016 listed Takahashi as one of 12 women cartoonists deserving of lifetime achievement recognition, stating that any one of her projects could be the career highlight of another talent. In 2017, she was inducted to the Science Fiction and Fantasy Hall of Fame as part of the 2016 class. Uh, like Danny said, in 2018, she was inducted into the Eisner Hall of Fame, was previously nominated in 2014, 2016, and 2017. In January 2019, she won the Grand Prix de la Ville de... Angoulême, Angoulême, um, becoming the second woman and second manga artist to win the award at the Angoulême International Comics Festival. Angoulême, I don't know how to say French. I don't know how to French. Not going to work here anymore anyway. Not going to French anymore here anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, in 2020, Takahashi was awarded Japan's medal with medal with purple ribbon. Um, So this is like, they're awarded by the emperor of, or prime minister of Japan. Um, Takahashi was inducted into the Harvey Awards Hall of Fame in October 2021. And then literally this month, she was conferred the Chevalier de Odeur des Arts et des Lettres by the French government. Jeez. So that, that literally just happened. Yeah. Yeah. The Le, and just so you know, the Le Ordre des Arts et des Lettres, Order of Arts and Letters, Letre, Letre, Letro, Letro, Letois. Oh, 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 <laughs> French people like Rubicon Takahashi. Okay, that's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> it is the or the origin is attributed to the Order of Saint Michael, as acknowledged by French government sources. Um, it's basically like the Jap the, the J- Japanese purple medal is basically yeah. what it is, except for French people. Well, well, basically anyone. Um, so that being said. I mean, that's just aside from her impact in the West with the ones that at least came over here, which were Ranma, yeah. um, Inuyasha, Inuyasha, and, yeah. And now, you know, you're saying that Sarah, the remake, obviously, I think is getting dubbed. Um, I think did I don't know if the original Year Say Sarah anime was dubbed and brought here, and if it was, I think it was just a couple movies and OVAs. I don't think it was I... the full series. I do not 
No. Yeah, I'm not sure. But, oh, you know what? I just found it. Sorry. Oh. Um, during 1992, the series was licensed for a North American release by Anime Ego. Their VHS release began in October of the same year, uh. and it was among the first anime titles to receive a subtitled North American release. However, the release uh. schedule was erratic. The episodes were also released on Laserdisc in 1993. The first two episodes were released in English dub on March 29, 1995, as Those Obnoxious Aliens, which is basically what Yurisei Atsura means. Um, uh, and then, yeah, that's pretty funny. That's hilarious. I am actually going to see if I can go on eBay and find those laser discs because I want them. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Danny, I need you to tell me, let, let's kind of bring it back mm-hmm. to our personal experiences. What, uh, cause for me, right. So for me. I didn't know who Rumiko Takahashi was when I was a kid, but the first work I ever read of hers, which I didn't, again, I didn't know, was I had a Maisen Koku comic book. Oh, and wow. I just, I just got it because, so, like, there was this, I don't know if you guys, I might be dating, I'm going to date myself really hard. I know Danny knows what it is, but for our younger listeners who may not know, um, actually, some of our younger audiences may know what it is, but... Um, there was this buffet restaurant called Old Country Buffet. And there was one in our local town. And that might have been a local place where you lived. Old Country Buffet? Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, I, I didn't have that. You know what? I don't think there were any in the East Coast. I think it was literally just the Midwest and some of mm-hmm. the mountain. So, like, mm-hmm. and I think there was probably a few in the East Coast or West Coast. But yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think there was. You're right, actually, now that I think about it. I think it was literally just the South and the Midwest and the West Coast. Gotcha. But anyway, it was called... In some places, it might have been called just Country Buffet or New Country Buffet. But like there was, they had different names depending on where it was. Mm. So um, most of them closed down in the mid-2010s. And then the last of them closed down after the pandemic, obviously. Um, but anyway, when I was a kid, there was this Country Buffet. And... Danny, if you know the word for this, let me know because I don't know the word for it. But it's like a strip mall, except the stores are inside. So, like, the doors aren't on the outside and you just walk in like a regular strip mall, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you walk into this inside part first and it's like a long hallway in each store. Like a regular mall, but one strip. Oh, I mean, it's just a small, like... A small, dinky little mall. A mini mall, like, I guess you would call it. Yeah, maybe. you would yeah. say. I would say a mini mall because, like, when I was a kid, there, there was, there was a uh, a mini mall very close by to where I lived, and that's kind of like where I went. Ironically, I actually got lost in a mini mall. Oh my god! <laughs> Fucking damn! I was a kid. I was like three. Okay. It's <laughs> funny. Um, um yeah but that mini mall is no it doesn't exist anymore they like closed off um like the so i, I know exactly what you mean like you just walked in because there were like multiple uh entrances for it but it's just like one big strip like it's just yeah, and the stores and are in the thing. inside of the hallway they're not yeah. like outside like in a regular strip mall where you just yeah. walk to different doors yeah 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 like oh here's the panda here's the front door to the panda here's the front door to the 
you know, T-Mobile, that kind of thing, yeah. right? It was, like, yeah. inside. So, like, it was yeah. a long hallway, and each door was, yeah, inside mm-hmm. the hallway. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what sound. What happened to yours sounds like what happened to this one, which is they yeah, like it closed down and like they they like just put up walls in yeah. individual areas and then they just like put you know like babies R Us or like Bath and Body Works like some bigger or, type of or Bed Bath yeah. and Beyond like just like these super stores yeah kind of thing Coles or so. something yeah Coles yeah. yeah yeah so that's what happened to this one and. But anyway, when I was a kid, what we would do is we'd go to Old Country Buffet or Country Buffet, and then down the hall or down the strip mall ways, there was a comic store. And so me and Sudi, after we were done eating, we'd want to go around and get Pokemon cards or whatever at the comic store. And I would always roam the comics, right? And I would, you know, look at X-Men and uh, Superman, Batman, all that stuff, right? And there was always a small section because Viz used to publish chapters by comic book and not a whole Tankoban mm. volume. So, like, instead of getting a Tankoban volume with, like, seven chapters or a manga magazine with one chapter of each thing each, it was literally just one comic book because that's how Americans and Western people consumed yeah. comics was in a comic book form. And they would flip them around. So they would mm. flip them so you read a left to right, like, a, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they would yeah. they would <laughs> they would literally just put the image on Photoshop or whatever and <laughs> you know flip horizontally and then put in the talking, you know, translator or whatever. So the I picked up a Mycene Koku comic book and I don't remember what issue number it was, but that was the first thing I ever read. And then um there was also some Inuyasha ones um that I never bought, but they were always there. They always had um, all the Viz stuff. So they had Pokemon, Electro Tail, Pikachu. They had Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, My Senior Koku, Inuyasha. There were some other manga ones by CPM, produced by CPM Manga, which I have. Um, I have some of those as well. But yeah, they they had My Senior Koku, and that's I grabbed that one. Um, I never grabbed an Inuyasha one, and now I wish I did. But yeah. I didn't hear about Inuyasha until it came on Adult Swim later when I was like, you know, 11, 10, 10 11, 12 years old. But like, anyway. What was your first? Um... So oh, I think first... they had Yurisayatsura too, but I don't. I'm not entirely sure. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. So my first introduction to Rumiko was Inuyasha. Sure. Um, you know, I watched a little bit of it on Adult Swim. Um, I would, you know, fifteen-year-old me when it came out. Uh, finally have like her own space in my basement and um my mom removed the door that would lead to the basement so like she would keep an eye on me to see if I was like watching tv and you know she would just yell down the stairs and be like Danielle go to bed so what I would do is I would just create a blanket fort surrounding my tv and I would just sit in my little fort just waiting at, like, I think, 1 o'clock in the morning waiting for Inuyasha to come on. <laughs> so... <laughs> that's funny you say and... blanket fort because I'm just thinking of the blanket fort you'd make when you would record. to like. I mean, that's literally how – yeah. <laughs> That's literally what I did except, like, I didn't have, you know, the equipment that I have now. Like, I fucking used, like – chairs uh to create like my little fort and shit so um yeah so I would just like surround blankets around the tv so my mom wouldn't know that I was 
that I was up so late uh, watching TV. So, <laughs> um, and but yeah, that was like my first introduction to Inuyasha. Um, and you know, I that was also around the time when I started getting into manga and I wanted to read more and everything. And as a kid, you know, I definitely. I I had trouble reading. I'm slightly dyslexic. So reading when I was a kid, it, it it wasn't for me. Like I did not like to read. You know, I had a whole bunch of books, but I never read them. So um and manga actually really encouraged me to read more and stuff. So and me and my dad, we were we were just we were just walking around the mall um one of the largest malls uh in my state that i was living in at the time um they had a a bookstore it it was kind of it was like i think it was called borders um borders shut down now um so it was like the competition of barnes and noble so and I went in there and there were some Inuyasha volumes and I'm all like, I've seen this on TV. I didn't know there was a a book for it. So I picked up, I want to say maybe like picked up two volumes and I asked my dad to buy them for me. And so he did. And that's kind of like one of the very first manga that pretty much started my whole collection so for sure it's like i think um, inuyasha is like it's, it's like the most right now right the most volumes that she's put out for one story um, 56 yep it's the biggest one yeah i just clicked yeah. on the page sorry i was like i had to okay. go back i was on the wrong page but yeah 56 yeah rama so, was 38 your side was 34 and then yeah. renee was 40 and mao is currently at 50 yeah, yeah i think mao is probably going to surpass inuyasha with most volumes if it's at 50 by now no it's um, at 15 Sorry. oh it's at 15 oh 15. okay i thought you yeah. said 50 yeah because you just started so. a couple years ago but yeah okay um yeah i'm still not done uh reading inuyasha i i have like i think i have 36 volumes of inuyasha so did you because you fin- you finished the anime just not the manga right uh i finished what was out of the like the the like 167 um oh so not episodes. you didn't watch any i didn't final watch the i didn't watch the final act um, oh I heard sure, it, sure sure yeah i heard it wasn't like all that great i mean it was okay but i just heard that you know once rumiko was done with inuyasha and they did the final act um, they just like bunge like they they come they compressed a lot of what she did in the manga versus uh, the sequel and stuff. So um, I didn't really I didn't really finish it. So it's like volume thirty six onward, and they compressed a lot into like one. Yeah. 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 It was a yeah, lot of so, volumes to be in the amount of episodes. But yeah, much, so I was yeah. all like, oh, well, I mean, that's silly. I might as well not even watch it then. Like, I'll just continue reading it kind of thing. Yeah. So, and, that, and that's kind of where I, I'm currently at. I'm at now with Inuyasha. Like, again, I'm still, I'm still not done uh, collecting it. Um, at least the version, because I, I, 
over the years for Inuyasha, they, they, Viz kind of did like the uh, two in one kind of thing. Yeah, on so, the bus. Yeah, so now like I think a lot of those are out versus what I currently own, um, which are the single individual um, volumes. So they're kind of like slightly hard to come by. Um, either that, I'm just not looking hard enough. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then like after a while, um, Ron Mahaff started to get like its anniversary, and I started. I actually bought. I ha- I actually have season one and season two of Ron Mahaff. And so I started watching that, and I'm like, this is hilarious. I want to read it. So I started buying the two-in-ones of Ron Mahaff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I I love Rumiko's, Rumiko Takahashi's uh, stories. Like, she, her, And her drawings are just so good and everything like that. Um, I even have a couple volumes of Rene. And Rene is just is is pretty hilarious. It's a com. I wouldn't say it's a combination between uh, Inu like Inuyasha with like the demons and ghosts and stuff, and sure. Ron Mahaff because of the comedy that's in it. So, um, freaking. Also, her style is oh, it's you so know iconic. it's her. It's you know so it's iconic. yeah. It's yeah. like you and nowadays. We're we're seeing more and more manga that where you can kind of tell that's like their thing, right? Mm-hmm, um, but mm-hmm. back then, you know, the ones that you knew that was them was like you know Akira Toriyama and uh, Rumiko Takahashi, you know Naoki Urasawa, and uh, you know a few others. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> you know Os- uh, Osamu Tezuka, obviously, um, but like. And nowadays we're getting more where you can tell. Like if I look at their art, I can I can, you know, like Gege Akutami for for example is one I can tell that that's his art. Um, and Shinichi Sakamoto, and uh, um, the person who does uh, Dan 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 or whatever. I I their art is very iconic to me yeah. at this point. Yeah. But Rumiko Takahashi though, like, is is for me personally. I think for most people. Um, especially you, um, but like, uh, oh, and Clamp, by the way, I forgot to say Clamp. Oh, Clamp, but, um, for sure. But yeah, like, yeah. but I know for for me and you, um, and for most people, um, you know, we Rumiko Takahashi's like it's it's it's, it's as recognizable. The way as that she Akira just Toriyama's. draws, yeah, the way that she just draws all her characters, um, especially her females, are just. I mean, I I don't want to say that she does kind of cut and paste a lot of her, um, I guess, like, playing more, like, normal characters. Like Kagome, for example. Um, You kind of see that character design a little bit in, um, you know, in Ranma, for example. There's, there are some, there, I think um, the main character in Ranma is... Kind of similar to Kagome, Akane, Akane Tendo. She kind of looks a little bit like Kagome. 
um, slightly, but not um, not completely. So yeah, um, I should say Oda too. I feel like Oda's style is pretty recognizable. Yeah, but like yeah. very much like if you read if you read the first chapters of like Dragon Ball, the first chapters of One Piece, and the first chapters of like Urusei Yatsura, and then you read the later chapters you can see their style developing into oh, what we see yeah. now. Yeah. So like I mean the, the f- cover for Yurisei Yatsura like you can tell that that cover of Yurisei Yatsura was her very 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 first work and you can tell that it's super 70s like Yeah. Super you, early uh, yeah, yeah. If you <laughs> read the first like couple chapters and you can tell it's very reminiscent of like um uh it's got that kind of Ashita Ataru kind of looks like Joe from Ajita no Joe a little bit. Yeah. It's yeah. got some Tezuka I mean, and Speed Racer vibes to it. He was a little yeah, he was a little bit of inspiration for her for for Rumiko. Oh like sure. She, I I can't remember um where I read it, but she did she does um talk about some legendary artists and everything like that so that a lot of them inspired her uh, for her work and stuff but i mean just beside that that was just the style back then like yeah there's a a general style how there how anime looks now Mm -hmm. and there was back then and she kind of that's how she kind of did her 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 work back then and now it's developed into what we see now you know what i mean Mm -hmm. whereas like oda too if you read like the first like couple volumes of One Piece, some of it is very reminiscent of like old school Dragon Ball because Oda loved Dragon Ball when he was younger, right? And now, now when you look at One Piece, it's definitely its own. You can tell that's Oda's work. That's his style now, right? Yeah. yeah. And one thing I want to say is this, right? And this is me. This is me trying a little bit to relate, but also I just straight up relate to it. Um. And and I want to say this too, Rumiko Takahashi has like. I'm sure I could say this about other mangaka, but right now since we're talking about Takahashi-san, I just want to say this: people can relate to like the way she creates and tells stories. People can relate to her in many different ways. That's how versatile her work is. That's how versatile her stories are. There's something that Danny does in her life where she can read a Rumiko Takahashi story or read about her life. And Danny is like, I know what that's like. There's, mm. there is this YouTuber that Danny showed me earlier that that linked me earlier called Bonsai Pop. Shout out to that video. Yes, that and, video is so good. And here's why. And I'm not big on that many AnaTubers, right? And I should be, and I apologize, you know. But and I should, I should be more into some AnaTubers. But I'm not big on most of them because a lot of them get like really over analytical, over critical. Whereas, and here's why I love Bonsai Pop. And this is the first time I ever had watched a Bonsai Pop video. But here's why I liked that video, because that guy, and excuse me, I'm sorry I, that I don't know your name, dude, my, my dude. I'm so sorry I don't remember your name. I watched the video earlier today when I was at work. But um, um, he's really cool for a couple reasons. He made his Rumiko Takahashi video personal. He related to her on a personal level. Not because he's like a com, you know, a manga or a comic writer, book writer or whatever, but because he's... A creative type. He, before this, he was in a band, okay? I related to him on that personal level and about how you can suck at something first and then get good at it over time and then have anxiety about booking shows and 
talking to people and networking and stuff like that. That I related to. So if you ever want to come on this podcast and talk about being in a band, <laughs> we can talk about it. Okay, Jesus Christ. But like, he related to her on like a creative, just a general creative sense. And I like, I like podcasts and anitubers and and vloggers who do that stuff, who play a video game, read a book, read a comic, read a manga, watch an anime or watch a TV show or a movie, and say, I know what that's like. I like people who talk about that stuff. You can over-analyze, over-criticize all the Rumiko Takahashi stories you want. I don't give a fuck because I love Yurisei Atsura. I love Inuyasha. I even love Yashihime. You know, Danny loves Ranma. Danny loves Yurisei Atsura. She doesn't care. We don't care. We don't care about that stuff. I want to know how it made you feel. How did it make you feel when you watched it? If it didn't make you feel anything, you didn't like it, then that's cool. But, like... I like that I like that Bonsai Pop video because he spoke it spoke about it in a personal level. And yeah. for a personal level for me, seeing her art evolve and 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 seeing how like okay, so like I've told this story many times, I'm not gonna tell it again, but like last night I drew I worked on a piece and I drew a piece and I showed it to people in the Discord. And one of the first things that some other people said that I showed into other Discords and Danny said it was like the fact that you got here in like a couple years is amazing. Like this, this piece is really good. And I'm like, I'm like actually proud of that piece. I like it. You know what I mean? I like it a lot and I'm going to make prints of it. And if you want to see it again, just tag me when you listen to this episode, just ping me. I'll share it again. But like, I relate to that. I relate to that. Like working hard, like this, this talent that she has was not inherent. She worked hard. You know what I mean? And it was just like, she just kept doing it. You know what I mean? And it was just like, I love that. I don't know, man. I love I love that that guy on Bonsai Pop related to it on that sense because it made me kind of relate to her in that sense too. I was like, wow, that's actually a good point. Hell yeah. There's things we do like, like, I don't know, like, you know, when Danny was gone for school that one spring a couple years ago, like, I don't know, I'm not trying to like put her business out there, but like, that's the second time Danny went to school. Okay. She's been to school before that. And she thought, you know what? I want to do this and I'm going to go do it. And she went and fucking did it, dude. And then there's something about Rumiko Takahashi and her journey of getting to where she is now, getting Eisner Hall of Fame inductions and Inkpot Awards at Comic-Con and all that. You know, you could relate to any creator story about, you know, started from the bottom, now we here. But there's something about Rumiko Takahashi and it's showing in her work and in her stories that's just really fucking cool. You know what I mean? And... Akira Toriyama and Oda, they're still doing Dragon Ball and One Piece. And that's great. The fact that you can do those stories this long is amazing. But Rumiko Takahashi has done that with many stories. You know what I mean? And it's just like, damn. You know? Now, I'm not saying that fucking Fist of Summit's going to be fucking 30 volumes, because it's not. It's going to be like one volume. <laughs> but that's just for the patrons. It's just I'm just doing that for fun. But after this, I'm like, do I do another one? Do I make another? And if I do, what do I do? You know what I mean? I I don't know, but I'm sure I'm as hell going to be excited when I get there. And, like, I'm so happy that Danny shared these links and videos and articles with me because, like, it kind of just makes me hype to keep going in a way. And I feel kind of. so great. Like. I feel fired up again. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so I will say we're, we're getting a little personal here, but, like. No, that, tell me. I want to, like, that's one, the kind of shit I like. You know, tell me. That I know. one, so a couple of your 
your illustrations that you shared on Discord and stuff, you know, you are making me really want to draw again. Um, I haven't really, I've, I haven't really been drawing too much because my hand has been bothering me. So, um, I have been kind of taking a break from even playing video games too. Well, because it's also your, 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 your regular profession profession too, is you use your hands. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, but like, yeah, you are making me really want to draw again and, um, and, and that's kind of what I definitely really struggled with when I was a kid. I mean, I loved drawing. Um, I mean, I never really did a whole lot of original stuff because I honestly, I'm not all that great at creating things out of my head. I, I am good at like recreating things so if I see a picture then I can like put my own twist to it a little bit sure so um but I regardless like I still love to draw like anytime I saw like an anime photo on the internet I would just print it out and then I would just I would just draw it I would just draw that picture that I saw um kind of like honing like trying to kind of um uh practice my drawing skills and like how i guess japanese artists draw versus like american artists that's how i did it yeah so um that's how i learned when yeah. i was a kid anyway but yeah mm-hmm. and then as like i got older you know i would have like these kind of images in my head like there was this one image that i um, I did. It, I actually did it on in watercolor, so I kind of want to recreate it, but like a digital um, picture of it. Yeah. I did. Um, I did Gyarados and that other kind of like serpent-looking Pokemon. And what I did was I kind of like created them to look like a heart in underwater kind of thing so and and like i said i did that in watercolor yeah um and i'm not good at watercolor color color at all like it honestly looks like a a 12 year old (laughs) drew it (laughs) and i was like 20 years old when i drew it so um yeah so like that kind of thing and so what i did was like i went online and i kind of looked for like pictures of like Gyarados and like in like a curvature uh position where it it kind of looked like he was in like half of a heart if if you know what I mean yeah so I tried to like find things that I could um I guess use as a reference so that I can draw whatever is in my head so that's Mm kind of that's kind of like where my ideas come from. I I need a visual reference in order for me to create something. Well, and that's the thing too is like I didn't I never realized like until just a couple of years ago like how many how many mangakas out there just straight up just do that. They'll just get a photo of somebody in a certain pose and use that. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, the one I shared last night was. Um, I just did that straight from my memory and then I adjusted accordingly. But like mm-hmm. um, a lot of the techniques involved that I've been doing in these pieces that I've been doing lately, 
I've been referencing my favorite artists. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, the, I mean, we all kind of do that, right? Like we, I think, and I think that's the thing too is that I have to get over is that more artists do that than not. Yeah. It's actually very common for artists to reference things all the time, whether it's another person's work or somebody's pose or whatever. And if you go on DeviantArt or ArtStation, there are photographers on there who will literally just get in front of their camera and do a random pose and then upload all of them for people to use for free. Yeah. You know, for that exact reason. And it's just mm. amazing. But yeah, honestly, Danny, like, I feel like Rumiko Takahashi just brought us closer and I'm okay with that. <laughs> And if it makes us, if it makes us keep like you know, if it makes us keep wanting to do this podcast and you know get you back in a drawing and makes me want to make more comics, I am all for that. I feel like Rumiko Takahashi. I mean, I could say this again. I could say this about other mangaka that I love too, but Rumiko Takahashi is just one of those ones that just makes me want to just keep doing it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So. Um. Also. Uh. On the bonsai pop video, shout out to the kitty who just like randomly was drinking oh, yeah. water and just like <laughs> casually like hopped up in the bed and was just chilling. <laughs> that was so cute. What a cat. <laughs> yeah, I need that. Um, yeah, if you uh, shout out to that guy on bonsai pop, and again, maybe I you don't... can get them on. Yeah, I was like, dude, come on our, uh, come on our podcast, because I know there's a couple guys, right? I think there are two like, of them. It's like two of them. Yeah. Should, yeah. If you guys, I don't, I don't know if you listen to anime stuff, but if you guys are listening, you know, I'm, re- I'll, I'll, we, me and Danny will send you an email, and if you're listening to this episode right now, just join our Discord and come in here. Links on anime done it. Hurry up. <laughs> Hurry up. <laughs> um, but yeah. That being said. I don't know if I have anything else to say other than like any final thoughts. I mean, what? Okay, here we go. Um, so I know, um, like you haven't read a lot of Rimiko's work, but if you had the chance, like which, which of her series would you most want to read? Like right now, right now. Right now, right now. Oh, because yeah. just because, I and I I forgot to say this, and you just reminded me. So thank you, um, Ron my half, and because not only just because I was reading it earlier because I wanted mm-hmm. to consume more Takahashi stuff, mm-hmm. but also because I've said on this pod before, like, oh man, I want to rewatch that. Me and Danny have said that we were like, oh man, we I should was, rewatch. I was I was rewatching it a little bit before we started recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like honestly, it's so stinking hilarious. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, okay, I forgot to mention this. But I just learned that Rumiko's inspiration for Rama Half was Jackie Chan's Drunken Master movie. Yeah, that's so, what I was gonna say. It was <laughs> that's what like, I, and Danny told me that earlier, and I was like, I totally forgot about that. I remember <laughs> reading that somewhere, and I was like, I, I was reading it when she told me that, and I was like, dude, that makes so much fucking sense, right? Right, because it makes the main so character is from sense. China as well. Yeah, I think yeah. right because he wants to go back to. Well, China. no, I think they, I think they're originally from, like Ranma and his dad are from Japan, and they were, they were oh, traveling they were, to China to. They do, were like, learning martial their, arts. Yeah, they were doing yeah, yeah. Like, some intense training and stuff over in China. Sitting so, under like, the they waterfall were there type for, shit. Like ever and stuff. Yeah. So and that's what I was gonna say is you guys know I've said on this podcast and I've said on cinematography many times. 
kung fu movies are like martial arts movies are some of my favorite types of movies. And and yes, we will do like I will do like a kung fu cinematography thing. Me and Danny will at some point. <laughs> Drunken master, um, let's go. Past, Drunken once, master. Once we get past the the Brad Pack stuff, we'll we'll do some we'll do some martial arts. Drunken master, here we go. <laughs> we'll do. I'll watch. I've, I mean, I've seen it like fifty times, but I'll watch. I it mean, 50 same, more. but it never it's gets so old. Good. Come on. Um, but like, yeah, Ron Mahaff was inspired by. She watched that movie and she was like, okay, like this is, I got to do a martial arts and. You know, you don't see a lot of um you don't see a lot of manga that is centered purely around martial arts that much lately anymore. Um yeah. there yeah. was one that started in in Shonen Jump and only lasted like 10 chapters before it got axed. Um that I started and I forgot the name of it now. I got to find it, but it was really cool. Um it was basically like uh, about this guy who wanted to become the best martial artist. And it got axed like ten chapters later, mm. which sucks because like you know it it gave me it it did give me some Ranma and go, uh, old Dragon Ball vibes, you know. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Ranma half is like it's like the, one of the first things you see is Ranma fighting his dad. They're doing kung fu and like they're just fucking, you know. Um, well, I mean, first of all, the first episode of of Ranma half is like you see this girl, this redheaded girl, just fucking fighting a panda. Yeah. <laughs> Like you don't even know like what the, you what's have going on. no just... idea what's going on. You're all like, "What the fuck is this? Why is this woman fighting a freaking panda right now?" <laughs> and then you know you come to find out like, oh, this this panda this this girl is actually a boy, and this panda is actually a man. So yeah. and whenever it like rains or like they get wet in like cold water, they do change into like Rama change train tra- gender bends and like changes into a female. Um, but in hot water, like he turns back into his normal self and stuff. Mm-hmm. So and I did read that Rumiko, you know, she really wanted to try the gender bending kind of thing. And she really thought that that was like hilarious and stuff and i think someone asked her about like how he how she um came up with the female version of um ranma because like obviously you know you can totally tell that rama's female counterpart is very much a female so and she said that she didn't want to like change too much like of his clothes and stuff like obviously when rama turns into a girl he kind of like shrinks down like he becomes smaller um and like obviously he grows boobs and but like her clothes become more baggier because they're obviously for um a man and stuff so like that is also like you can definitely tell like okay Ranma is a girl now um because I know for sure when you're reading Ranma it's not in color so you can't tell on whether Ranma's hair is red or black and stuff yeah the only time you'll be able to tell what hair color they have is like on you know the front cover because the front cover of of all the volumes are in color so the body yeah the body shape is how you had to kind of yeah do it or whatever yeah so but she even says she's like yeah i just thought that that the whole concept was hilarious and i wanted to create it and stuff so 
the fact that she just literally flat out said, yeah, I just wanted to create this because I thought it was funny. Okay, kudos to you, my man. Like, <laughs> or a woman. So, um, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I love her stuff. Like, I changed my phone screen to Lum, so I definitely wanted to appreciate, you know, uh, Rubico's stuff. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, so that's my final thought. What, what my, my question is the same to you then. Like, well, what's the... What's the next work you're going to uh, consume? Honestly, like, well, a lot of the, obviously, I want to finish reading Inuyasha. And, of course, I want to finish reading Ranma. Um, and I absolutely want to finish Rene because I do have volumes of that. Um, I mean, I want to read all of her stuff. I think the most one that I, I really do want to read is... Um, uh mesa uh mason ikoku yeah i I think i said that right yeah okay um only because it's i feel like it's very different to majority of her work and stuff and it's a seining and she also and and in one of the interviews uh that i read someone asked her which of her characters is her favorite and she said that Kyoko from Meisine no Ikoku is her favorite. Um, and the fact that she made uh, Kyoko a widow in the manga, um, she felt that it was definitely relatable, can be relatable for people. Um, because it's not like, a big fantasy like Mason and Iokoku is not a fantasy. It's no, more this is of like, like it's like an adult drama romance. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm pretty intrigued by that story, and I would love to read it. So, um, and of course, I mean, I definitely want to read her latest work, Mao, because that that just super lo- lo- looks super interesting. Um, and of mm-hmm. course, it's like more yokai and like spiritual stuff fantasy stuff um, fantasy yeah. yeah 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 so i i, I kind of am intrigued with that because it's kind of like in yasha where you know uh, one of the main characters goes back in time but they don't go back to like the edo period they actually go back to the 1920s so like Not that, that far, yeah that to me is kind of interesting like the the fact to go back to a time period where it's not like all katanas and everything like that. Now it's like more kind of like, sli- I'm not, I don't want to say like slightly modern, but it's definitely a time period where Japan was slowly becoming into like a modern society. Um, I mean, they still had like, they were still in their Edo period, kind of, um, but they were still slowly developing. It's kind of like similar how like, the time period that Demon Slayer is set in. Um, yeah. Because there's like electricity and like lights everywhere and stuff. So, Steam powered things, trains yeah, and such. Yeah. yeah. So like I am I, very interested in reading that. Mm-hmm. So I just want to read all her stuff, <laughs> quite honestly. Oh, you know what else I played as a kid? <laughs> um, Ranma Hard Battle on Super Nintendo. Um, so I played the Inuyasha game on I was going to say, did anyone play the Inuyasha one? Yeah. <laughs> a feudal fairy tale. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that um, game was fun too because you could do like super moves and shit. Yeah, yeah. And then you could play. I think you had to unlock him, but like you could play a demon version of Inuyasha. Oh, sweet. The like the yeah, he's like in rage mode, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that game was fun. I think I have that downstairs. Actually, I'm gonna go double check, but I'm pretty sure I have that, a hard copy of it. <laughs> if I don't, I'm gonna get it. <laughs> She's gonna go on eBay. Look I'm out. Go on eBay. <laughs> there was one on PS2 also that I never got to play, but it was like a fighting game of it was Inuyasha, but it was like 3D. Ah, uh, I think that's the one that I played. I remember it was on the PlayStation 2. Oh, okay. Because so, there's the PlayStation one and the play- one that I played. The PlayStation one is cool because it's like 2D sprites, but like they use some like 3D animation to animate mm. the characters a little bit. But I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, dude. Maybe I'll play that on stream. If I have that copy downstairs, I'll download the <laughs> the ROM and we can I'll play it on a stream and we can play. But yeah, anyways, sorry, we, we went over a little bit. Yeah, but we you know went what? over a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Um, but... <laughs> I'm going to, I don't know, I'm caught up on a lot of the manga I'm reading, right? So I guess I could just read Ranma half, right? How many chapters <laughs> is Ranma? It's a lot. Is it? <laughs> um, it can't be as many as like. It, come on, any list. Is it like 30 some volumes or something like that? Where is it? 30 volumes maybe? Ranma it's not as much as Inuyasha, that's for sure. 38 volumes, 407 chapters. 407? Yeah. Nah, dude. Nah. You got this. You got this. You got I got this. so much to read. I'm not going to lie. I have a lot to read. I All should right, not add... start a new vol. I should not start a new manga. I'll add it to my plan to read. <laughs> <laughs> you should watch. You, I mean, you should read it. I totally encourage you to read it. For sure. Absolutely. For sure, for sure. All right, dude. So, that was our creator spotlight for Miko Takahashi. That was yeah. amazing. There's a little I'm biography so and then us geeking out about our favorite yeah. stuff. I'm glad we kind of did this. So, yeah, dude, it's fun. Um, I think the next one we'll do, we'll we'll try and consume more of the work, and let us know if you know about any feedback. Honestly, like, hey, like, uh, maybe next time you guys do this, maybe watch this movie or watch. Make sure you watch these. I obviously for every creator it's going to be different. Like, obviously, yeah. if we do a creator spotlight where, you know, all they've done is manga and they don't have any anime of their workout, you know, like then we could just do that. But like, um, you know, let us know. And no, Kai, we're not going to do pre cure. Sit down. <laughs> He's like, do a creator spotlight on the people from pre cure. I know, I know, you're gonna fart. You're gonna get up. You're gonna get all excited. Oh, and you're gonna fart. Oh man. When you want to do, you know, when you want to do, uh, you know, Daisuke, oh uh, the guy God. who created Guilty Gear, then we can do that. How about that? All right? Jeez. <laughs> that being said, let us know if you're in a Rumiko Takahashi fan or you love Inuyasha or Yurisetsu or Ranma or any of those. Let us know how you feel about that, if you like any of those and what your favorites are. That being said, uh, I love you guys very much. Thanks for listening every week. And I appreciate the support that you give us every week. And I'm excited to keep doing this podcast even more so now. I don't know why. Just am. (laughs) Probably because of everything I said earlier. But, I mean, yeah. I love you guys. And I I appreciate your continued support. It means a lot to me. And, uh, uh, yeah. I've been Sam. That's been Danny. That's been Nick. 
That's been Honey Bear. That's been Wrigley. Wrigley! Danny's mom's new puppy, Wrigley, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> he was like um, today. And that's been the Anime Summit Podcast. I was legit going to sit here and name everyone's animals on Discord. Oh I'm, like, no, I'm not, not going to do that again because I'm going to forget one and someone's going to get mad. <laughs> I'll limit it to just the host and Nick. All the po- <laughs> all the animals, all the yeah. animals. All the animals, dude. <laughs> oh man. All right.